North Korea has tested a record number of missiles this year, tallying up to 24 separate launches already. By many measurable standards, it can be viewed as an indication that the country needs to gain leverage over the U.S. As the New York Times Seoul Bureau chief writes, it's not about striking fear, but rather a sign of frustration, isolation, and a response to its uncertain future. What can we make of North Korea's record-breaking missile test this year and its imminent seventh nuclear test? We're joined by Dr. Pung Young-sik, research fellow at Yonsei University Institute for North Korean Studies. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Pung. Good morning. Good morning to you. So North Korea has carried out seven ballistic missile provocations in the past two weeks, beginning with one short-range ballistic missile launch from its western province of Pyongan on September 25th. It also carried out back-to-back missile launches from areas near its capital, Pyongyang, as well as from the Kangwon province. Last Tuesday, it fired an intermediate-range ballistic missile that flew over Japan. And yesterday, North Korea released photos of a submarine-launched ballistic missile apparently fired from a reservoir. More frequent weapons tests are part of Kim's long-term goals, you've reminded us. But which missile provocation caught your attention the most as an expert? Well, we have to pay uh, due attention to all sorts of missiles uh, test fired by North Korea because uh, North Korea's goal is not just singular uh, in terms of pursuing, <coughs> excuse me, intercontinental policy missile that can reach the mainland of the United States. But in addition to its pursuit of ICBMs, they can fly over 5,000 kilometers to reach the target across the Pacific Ocean. North Korea also pursues the different types of missiles as well, including the short-range missiles and uh, intermediate-range missiles that can carry the nuclear warheads. And the targets of this type, uh, these types of missiles are the U.S. forces stationing in South Korea and Japan, as well as South Korea and Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, North Korea has multiple goals in terms of uh, testing uh, their missiles uh, following its own um, policy that was announced in the Eighth Party Congress held in January 2021. In the Eighth Party Congress, Kim Jong-un specifically ordered to develop five major kinds of advanced weapons systems, as that is why we have witnessed all sorts of missiles test fired by Mm -hmm. North Korea. Uh, You did a wonderful job sorting out all the missiles, but unfortunate news to you is that you're going to do this many times over in the near future because until Kim Jong-un regime will have reached the goals to complete the five-year military modernization program Mm -hmm. um, by completing the test firing of all these missiles, short-range, intermediate-range, you know, uh, long-range, submarine-launched ballistic missile, land-to-air missile, then you have to do it again, many times over. So my breath would need to be longer. <laughs> right, right. Because as you've addressed several times on our program before, it is and part the un- of... Un- right, unfortunate right. reality that right. the most of listeners will not remember what you said. Absolutely. Uh, it- <laughs> These are too many, too complicated. Right, and there's a lot of technical jargon. Even North Koreans may not remember what they test fired. <laughs> a part of a larger framework is something that we have to keep in mind. And until they reach this five-year military sort of uh, expansion of their uh, weapons program, we'll continue to do this. Thank you for pointing that out, Dr. Wong. And I really like the other uh, quote of the New York Times article that analyzed the um, you know, intentions of the North Korean regime uh, mm-hmm. with so many uh, test firing of missiles is a, a expression of frustration mm-hmm. and the absence of better alternative. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may wonder why North Koreans are wasting so many, uh, you know, 
missiles and so much uh, natural uh, net resources mm. uh, because the, uh, the military balance between North Korea and the South Korea is in huge and apparent favor uh, of the South, right? Mm. Uh, because in terms of economic parity, the North Korea is only one-fifth uh, that of South Korea. And South Korea military is number six, and uh, it is one of the major exporters of the advanced weapon system in the global you know, weapon markets. So, mm. But why North Korea doing this? Because this is the only option, only trump card North Korea possesses. Mm. And uh, this is the uh, uh, only card left to uh, Kim Jong-un to augment uh, its legitimacy in the eyes of the public, uh, mm. which has been suffering from very uh, dejected abhorrent economic situations. Mm. Uh, to remain in power and to legitimize the Kim regime's authority, they, this is their last card. I also want to take a look at uh, another recent projection. North Korea also flew eight fighter jets and four bombers in apparent protest against the redeployment uh, of a U.S. aircraft carrier and, of course, the joint South Korea-Japan military drills. Uh, North Korean warplanes also breached what's known as a special reconnaissance line designated by South Korea. How do you analyze this rare move? Well, Kim Jong-un regime is really determined uh, not to back down at all. Right. Uh, the... Uh, new policy line uh, announced and maintained by the Yoon Suk-yeol government of South Korea is that um, the government and the armed forces of South Korea will remain totally uh, transparent uh, to the public in announcing uh, the weapon systems test fired by North Korea. Um, it would not in engage in any um, uh, you know, moves uh, that will not disclose the uh, provocations by North Korea in the name of maintaining the uh, peace process on the Korean Peninsula, mm. not to uh, you know, exceedingly uh, push North Korea to the corner. Uh, that days are over, according to this new policy line of the Yoo Seung-yeol government. Right. So we will engage in uh, transparent uh, you know, debriefing about North Korea's provocations uh, to satisfy the rights to know uh, for the South Korean public about the national security situations. And number two, the U.S. government also announced that uh, in uh, joint efforts with the U.S. forces in South Korea, South Korean armed forces will engage in proportional response uh, to North Korea's provocation. It's a tit for tat and eye for eye uh, responses. So we will not just uh, sit quiet uh, without any response to uh, North Korea's provocation. Though days are over, the days of the mm. silence and the non-response mm. uh, during the times of the uh, Moon Jae-in government mm. uh, is over. Uh, so um, the North Korea is going to try everything, including missile tests, as well as the Air Force demonstration, which is quite new phenomenon, uh, because North Korean Air Forces are known to uh, be in a very difficult situation uh, because of lack of refined oil. Mm -hmm. um, so North Korean government is basically uh, telling uh, U.S. forces in South Korea and the Yoon Suk-yeol government that you cannot rule out the possibility that we will uh, mobilize our air forces if necessary. Mm -hmm. um, so it is, it is another sign of a very uh, deep and serious desperation on the part of Kim Jong-un regime to uh, meet the tit-for-tat uh, strategy employed by uh, Yoon Suk-yeol government of South Korea. 
Uh, Dr. Bong, uh, the timing of these provocations and the testing always comes into question. Based on your expertise, should the recent North Korean provocations be viewed differently from the ones in the past? Uh, what is North Korea up to beyond this larger framework of uh, Kim regime's larger weapons development program? Uh, in the scathing criticism uh, announced by uh, the uh, Kim Yajong, the non- number two person in North Korean government and the biological sister of the Supreme Leader Kim Jong-un. Uh, in response to the uh, uh, speech delivered by President Yoon Song yeol on the day of national liberation, which uh, was the August 15th, including the plan of audacious engagement mm. with North Korea, uh, she made a very interesting remark that it would take two or three years for new president of South Korea, Mr. Yoon Song yeol to get accustomed to the harsh reality meaning that North Korean government is going to uh, pour all the resources and effort to uh, complete the uh, midterm military modernization program. And after you will have complete the military modernization program and armed with uh, new and advanced weapons systems that they are so busy test firing uh, these days, then North Korea will be ready to uh, engage in negotiations and dialogue with outside world, including the United States and South Korea, from the position of strength. Mm. But until the until North Korea will be armed with the uh, strength, then North Korea will not show any interest in dialogue or negotiation. That is the core message delivered by Kim Jong-un himself mm. yesterday uh, to the North Korean public and armed forces, but also to the outside world. So. Raising tension is absolutely necessary for Kim Jong-un leadership because without tension, without the shadow of war on the Korean Peninsula, mm. Kim Jong-un has no other political cards to keep the population in control. Mm. I'm not suggesting there will be a, a immediate revolution from the below uh, by North Korean people to topple the regime. But even though North Korean leadership is a totalitarian regime, Totalitarian regime is also very vulnerable uh, to uh, people's opposition, mm. at least uh, people sabotaging the system. Mm. But uh, Kim Jong-un leadership has no other ways uh, to satisfy the basic needs of people. That mm. is why Kim Jong-un is uh, just continuously raising the tension mm. because it is very useful for any political leaders to have outside enemy. Mm. Like the George Orwell's novel, 1984, mm. the big brother declares that the purpose of war is not victory. Mm. The purpose of war is to continue so that the big brother will maintain its absolute control over the population. And that is a big part of the North Korean propaganda, uh, based on at least some of the interviews conducted inside North Korea that I've read about. This idea of nuclear weapons being a source of pride for the North Korean public, it might have a lot to do with that very narrative, um, outside mm-hmm. versus us. We need this to protect our kind. Right. Uh, of course, we have to talk about the imminent nuclear test as well. Uh, for weeks, it seems that... South Korea's intelligence agency has alluded to it happening anytime soon, and they recently predicted that if North Korea forges ahead with its seventh nuclear test, it will come somewhere between China's party congress in mid-October and the U.S. midterm elections in early November. In your perspective, is Pyongyang's nuclear test imminent now? Well, you already said the uh, answer that uh, the most likely timing of seventh nuclear test uh, conducted by North Korea will be sometime between the 
20th Party Congress in Beijing, mm. which will uh, uh, officially uh, formalize the, uh, the uh, third term of Xi Jinping as the president of China and the beginning of the midterm election in the United States in early November. Um, you may wonder where North Korean armed forces obtain the refined fuel uh, to be able to conduct such massive air force demonstration this time. Mm. We all know that North Korean uh, uh, military is suffering from lack of refined fuel, right? Mm. Because North Korea has been under very harsh sanctions mm. that would curb the importation of re refined fuel. Then the likely accomplice uh, in this scenario must be China. Mm. And there must be a reason why China might have provided refined fuel uh, that enabled North Korean air forces to conduct such a demonstration. It is an appeasement uh, made by the Xi Jinping of China mm. so that North Korea's uh, decision to conduct seven nuclear tests will not disrupt the successful uh, inauguration of the 20th Party Congress that is so important for the longevity of the Xi Jinping leadership in China. Mm. And finally, Russian President Vladimir Putin is ramping up his uh, threat to use tactical nuclear weapons to defend Russian territory amid, uh, amid this uh, prolonged war in Ukraine. In your perspective, is a Ukrainian war having a significant impact on North Korea's positioning and the will to continue with its nuclear development program? Uh, definitely. Uh, Kim Jong-un regime has been benefiting from the, uh, the stretching uncertainties created by the Putin leadership right. in the Russia's invasion of Ukraine, that uh, <clears throat> the world is uh, more concerned about unpredictability of dictators uh, like Vladimir Putin and Kim Jong-un. Uh, the world is concerned uh, whether uh, these uh, authoritarian leaders may deviate from the strategic logic, not using nuclear weapons for tactical, tactical you know, gains. But you never know. Mm -hmm. The concern about you never know about this type of leadership really strengthened the bargaining leverage of uh, leaders armed with their nuclear weapons, including Russian Pre President Vladimir Putin and uh, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. And it seems that with all that's been said today, uh, the, the hopes of denuclearization talks is further out of reach. Uh, what impact would, for example, the crisis in Ukraine have on the future of denuclearization talks on the Korean Peninsula? Well, I mean, you have to, you know, live with the cards you are dealt with. So as you mentioned that uh, the timing is still premature for any serious diplomatic negotiation to take place for the purpose of denuclearization on the uh, Korean Peninsula. But at least we raised the, uh, the strategic cost of Kim Jong-un to engage in further provocations mm. by continuing these uh, proportional responses and uh, bring North Korean armed forces in very costly arms race with the South Korean military, then uh, the cost of this arms race will, you know, taxing the leadership in North Korea. So there are things uh, you can still do uh, in order to improve your strategic position, although the prospect for serious diplomatic negotiations on denuclearization on Korean Peninsula may be still very mm -hmm. uncertain. The door has always been open, according to South Korea and the United States. We'll wait and see how the story pans out. Uh, Dr. Bong, thank you so much for, as always, an insightful conversation. You're welcome. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.